Hey, welcome back to the Range Minded Podcast. In this episode, we talk to Mr. Red Right Hand himself, Cody Coleman. If that name sounds familiar, well, he's been on the show a couple times before. So, we catch up. It's been a long time. Find out what new and fun things he's been up to, and maybe we get a little bit more involved in some other things too. Hope you enjoy this episode of A Night with Cody Coleman. So before this episode even begins, I want to apologize for the crappy sounding audio on my end. I'm not sure exactly what happened with the mic, but I'm using the exact same mic right now that I did to record this episode. Something happened screwy, but there was just so much in this episode, I didn't want to throw it out. So hopefully you can tolerate the crappy sounding mic and just enjoy this episode. Thanks, guys. All right, gang, welcome back to Range Minded Podcast. As usual, this is Steve Zimmerman. Uh, Nick is still out for a minute, but we do have a special guest, a voice you have probably heard before, and someone that is definitely a friend of the show. We have Mr. Cody Coleman with Red Right Hand. Cody, what is up? How's it going, Steve? Good time. A long time <laughs> to see. So good. <laughs> I know. It, we were talking off air how long it's been since we've actually talked to each other and seen each other. It's it well other than the show, it's in person. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. You know, and you're you're all the way on the other side of the state now. I don't get to go come see you at work. <laughs> I know. Damn it. <laughs> what the heck? So yeah. see, I'm trying to remember last time we talked to you. Man, I don't remember. I probably should have looked it up. <laughs> yeah, I should have looked it up too. <laughs> it, you know, been... honestly, it was like probably six or seven months between that recording and then actually me listening to that episode that i got around <laughs> listening to i want to say i want to say it's been at least a year at least a year uh, i would say very comfortably a year was it after so 2020 if, yeah. i don't I know it it's was, all a blur i, it was, was I can't believe it i it might well no maybe, maybe. no maybe Dude, that's that's the thing that's been crazy since 2020 like, where did time a, go? Everything's a freaking blob. <laughs> everything's a blob. You don't know what day it is anymore. Like, crazy stuff. Like, the other day was, a, what, was the State of the Union for Biden's first year, and it feels like an eternity. <laughs> I know. And you think I, about it. That was his first State of the Union. I know. <laughs> it's, only been, it's only been a year. It was. It's so painful to, like, think of where time's gone and then try to, like, backtrack time. You're like, wow, it's, it's, been, it's been wild. Yeah, I posted on my on my Facebook feed. Uh, Fourteen months ago, we were talking about mean tweets, and now we're talking about nuclear war. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, the nuclear war uh, definitely. In nuclear war and looming midterms happen to be the cure for COVID. Oddly, <laughs> oddly enough, right? <laughs> I, I went into the big box lumber store here in Idaho Falls, and all the face, you know, the little plexiglass face shields around the cash registers are gone. Nobody's wearing masks. It was a miracle. Yeah, I I haven't seen a lot of people wearing anything really. Yeah, we don't care over here. There's a yeah. very few people that actually care. Other than we went to a sandwich place and there was a a Tesla with a proud Democrat sticker on it, and I walked in, I knew exactly who it was in the restaurant. Just, uh, <laughs> it was it was an indicator, like a target indicator, right? Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Now they're they're here in Idaho. Sadly, I mean, I, oh, a lot of people want to talk crap about all the Californians that do come here. And, and realistically, if you think about it, not all of them are Democrats coming to Idaho. So there's no. a lot of good people coming out of California to keep our state red. Thank God. But um, yeah, there's some good refugees coming in that, that 
think and feel the same way. And oh, yeah. and honestly, I, to preface that, because we may have some Democrat listeners on here, and to be fair, there there actually is a huge portion of Democrat pro Second Amendment people out there. A huge portion that oh my get yeah, kind of get disserviced. Yeah, no, my my parents are super pro gun, and they definitely lean more to the left than most. So I, they're they're that. There's just not as many of them, but they no. are out there. They're out there. There's people that still understand that the Constitution is above all else. Yeah. You know, Second Amendment is above all else. The, it's just the super far left that, yeah. That well, they get all the airtime. They get all the airtime because they're, they're yelling the loudest. If you yeah, think about true. it. So. so, anyway, we'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> all you right. Have been a, you have been a very, very busy man. I have. What, uh, what have you been up to since the last time that we can't remember that we talked? No, well, last time I remember we <laughs> talked. We, we were, were talking about you were making a comp or something, weren't you? Yeah, we were. I was looking into doing Glock modifications and building Glock yeah. components and all that stuff. Um, and ultimately, you know, I, I still have all those designs that are sitting here and active. Um, and I actually have something. If you're still interested in Glock, yeah, well, I have something that I, I have had on my mind. For a very long time, that we should maybe talk. Okay. Well, you know, we can we can fusion anything up and you know make some polymer models and look at it. And I, I got a couple of good machine shops now that I did not have at the time that we were originally talking. I've definitely made some more connections to get stuff made. Um, yeah, we know we're you know back in that that time frame that we last talked. I was, you know, my company was just getting started. Um, yeah. In order to kind of fund. My the large reason I started Red Right Hand in 2020 was to be able to pursue a lot of these different ideas that I had rolling around and wanted to finally develop. It was just like you know time to get off you know the pot and get get moving with them because you know 2020 was a good opportunity at right. that point. It was just like you know what screw it I'm going to do this myself. We're going to get moving. Um, but I needed to still have income to help fund prototyping because I don't know if anybody out there has ever done prototyping before it's expensive and that's why nobody develops anything original anymore because it costs so much money to do something original. Right. Um, And also innovation and being, you know, thinking outside the box, but um, yeah, I wanted to, I think the last time we talked, I was, I was just getting ready to start taking on uh, Glock modifications as gunsmithing work. Um, I was looking into doing um, comps and getting slides made or milled so I can like offer, I think it was like rolling specials and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Really popular at that time frame. which oddly enough, if you looked around, not, not a lot of people modern Glocks all of a sudden, or at least it's not as popular as it was. It was last no, time we it talked. Has, it has kind of stopped. And honestly, yeah. if you guys are in the Boise area and you can talk Cody into it, he does a pretty good simple job. <laughs> I do. Uh, the new new for 2022 is I have pretty much ceased all those. <laughs> <laughs> so if if you can convince me, it's probably going to have a big price tag on it, and you and I have to be buddies. But um, <laughs> uh, large largely due to outside factors, I, I I'm not actually really offering uh, to do that. Um, yeah. So for like for the last time since I've seen you, I did do a lot. We like we we yeah. developed a lot of uh, different patterns. We we're doing laser stippling as well. Uh, I was working with a, a good friend of mine uh, in his small company to uh, get Cerakote done and 
and do laser engraving. So there was like, you know, I designed the patterns, they burned it on, uh, you know, and we did all the labor together and, uh, it, it was a really good symbiotic relationship, uh, to get stuff done. I, I worked with SlideWorks for a little bit. I was able to get slides milled, um, compensators and all the fun little parts I wanted to make. It just ultimately came down to having to order a certain amount (laughs) to get the price down to where it'd be manageable for the average consumer. Yeah. And it was just, it it took too much money out of the prototyping fund to make a product that I I'd still have to promote and sell. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't really end up moving with that. So basically I just kept modifying Glocks for a while. Uh, I did a lot of builds, Glock or not Glock builds, but um, AR builds and stuff. Everybody in the valley who knows me knows that I built a pretty good AR-15. So, um, parts a lot of guns together for customers. We, you know, we did small in-house gunsmithing like that. But um, over the last, and and if I have, if we have new listeners here that maybe haven't had a chance to listen to Cody's original show, his first time on. After you're done listening to this show, jump back and find it through the catalog, and you'll get to know Cody that he's not just some fly-by-night kid who doesn't know anything. <laughs> he, he's got some experience. Yeah, I've been around. I think I've been on the show at least twice now, right? I think so. Maybe twice. Yeah, I, remember remember, I was a Smith at Independence the first time. Yeah, that's probably true, huh? So it'll be the second just, show. Yeah, this will be the third one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it'll be the second show that they'd probably want to listen to. That, maybe we got yeah. it. Whatever yeah. has Cody's name on it, just listen to those episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Shameless <laughs> self-promotion. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, like, so no, I did that for for a little little while as we did that. In the meantime, um, I, I started developing a project. I, I, I won't go into crazy detail here on, on the show, but, you know, I, I had a piston system and an, a theory of operation that um, I've been sitting on for probably 10 years um and it was just a matter of like you know what i just need to sit down and design this and start catting it so during that time you know we did a lot of design work Uh, i got fusion and basically learned and taught myself how to use it still don't know everything that fusion has to offer (laughs) um but you know i'm dangerous enough that i can make designs and i can i can work with my i got a 3d printer here in the shop that's you know, polymer, but you know, you can build a pretty cool model and kind of see how everything interacts yeah. with the, you know, existing components. Um, and then you can, you know, build stuff and, you know, get it pretty close. I mean, my, my 3d printer is about three thousandths within accuracy. So it's, wow. it's, it's pretty good for a cheap Chinese printer, but the, uh, so I, I worked a lot with doing that. So we spent a lot of money getting parts then either made or 3D printed out of metal. There's some cool ass companies out there that allow you to like, you can send in designs and they can just straight up print it in anything. So like awesome. I've had print parts made in stainless steel, 17.4 hardened stainless steel to Inconel. You know, you wow. can print Inconel nowadays, which is amazing. Um, yeah, that's way cool. You know, and that project's bared fruit. It's it's proven that concept of operation works. It, it's definitely, you know, showing all the positives that it was when it was thought out would, would solve and it's, it's doing well. Um, so that project's been two years in the making, you know, we're, we're in talks with the patent lawyers. Um, we're having some special components and barrels made 
Unfortunately, though, with COVID and our economy and all the fun stuff that's going on, that's taking forever. Like I'm going on seven months to get my barrels made. Then again, you know, when you ask for a very small batch of something to be manufactured, you're asking a lot from a shop that's used to making tons of stuff. Like they're like, you really want me to make X amount of barrels when I should be making this many barrels? Cause that, that machine setup time costs so much more and puts them behind on production. Yeah. It's uh it's always a challenge working, working around stuff like that. So that project definitely is getting there. It's just taking way longer than originally planned. I should have done it four <laughs> years ago. <laughs> like I would have been at well, shot show showing it off this year and all sorts of crazy stuff. But no, you know, COVID, you know, Uh-oh. dude, I would have helped you in your booth. Yeah, I know. I would, I would have had you come on down. Even though I really honestly don't want to go to like, <laughs> I don't want to have to host a booth at SHOT Show. Sending a booth, would it would probably suck really bad at SHOT well, Show. Well, I, it's, I, I, you know, when I was younger and I worked for uh, POF back in the day, we did the, the NRA show. I think that was the biggest show I ever did as a gunsmith, well, as a gunsmith, as a builder uh, for our company. And that was like a four-day event. And uh, I mean, it was fun. I had a great time. I was like 17 or 18 at the time. And, you know, you get to hang out and just talk guns with everybody all day long. It was a lot yeah. of fun. But I definitely remember losing my voice on like the fourth day. <laughs> and uh, I, I stopped by their booth at Chop Show. They're, they were pretty cool. Yeah, they're still they're still kicking. They're still doing a good job. Um, yeah, they came out with we their... We miss uh, Frank, though. I miss Frank. I miss Frank every day. I got a little... I got a, actually got a spot up here in the shop with some of those mementos he gave me uh, I miss them. I, I, it was, you know, that project that I'm working on with my operating system was something that I, I was literally going to talk to with them, you know, maybe a month after uh, a month or so, but then we lost them. And so yeah. I, I feel like there is a, definitely some advice there that I really wish I could have gotten in person before we lost them, but you know, well, and he would have given it. No, oh, I, I know he would have, you know, we, we, we talked quite a bit. So I, I just, uh, I miss them. So, but, uh, no, they're still doing well. I'm really happy to see that they're moving along. And, um, Tracy's definitely leading the charge and, um, the engineers down there are coming up with some interesting stuff. So his legacy will live on. Yeah. His legacy is definitely going to live on. So out of that, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, no, shot show is, you know, shot show. I don't know if I'll ever have a booth there at any time soon, but, um, (laughs) I didn't go this. I I didn't. Yeah, no. A booth there is like forty or fifty grand. Like for a a small one. For a small one, yeah. Yeah, you can write it off, but you still gotta front that cash, you know. So I got a question for you. No, because you've been in the the, I guess the building and design and and that kind of thing, that side of the gun world for so long. Was there things in your past that maybe? you were wondering why am I doing this or this doesn't make sense. But now you see the fruits of, of that stuff. Does that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, like basically, you know, things that I learned in the past, um, I, I'm trying not to make those mistakes with my little company, you know, yeah. you know, being around other people making mistakes or trying to learn from other people's mistakes and then try to avoid the same kind of pitfalls, you know, definitely doing that, you know, um, as far as like designs and stuff, yeah, no, there's you, you, everything. Nothing's original, 
really anymore yeah. in the gun industry. So Thanks it's to Browning. Everybody yeah. just copies him. Yeah, literally everything is copied. <laughs> uh, that or the Germans. Like, okay, like you gotta you well, gotta give think, credit where the credits credits do uh the 1930s nazi regime definitely came up with some very interesting designs that we still all rob heavily from yeah um and, well, and of course the they also even yeah. the mauser we stole so much from oh yeah the other day shit like i was watching uh some ukraine footage today and there's still dudes out there shooting it out with mos and the gods from <laughs> 1890 something you know um, and they're still freaking working that they're still awesome. wor- they're still working and that gun will still kill the hell out of it you know um, no, the gun, the gun world, it's, it's, everything is just doing, it's just like music. It's all been written. So it's how you, how do you, compose you know, the compose the notes together, you know, and the same thing with guns is how do you kind of do something forth and back? You know, that's one thing that you still see heavily in the industry is that a lot of guys are like, look at our new PCC carbine and it's a blowback. Yeah. I'm like, cool. That's from, you know, the thirties, man. Like, can you come up with something new and innovative um the the only thing i've ever really seen innovative and i i haven't heard anything about it since it was the first time i went to shot show so i think that was 2017 18 something like that and and somebody came come up with this whole new system of actually being able to push projectiles down the barrel and and then i don't even know how to explain it it was totally different and maybe if i look through pictures and stuff i can find it again but mm-hmm. I, I, it was amazing and super innovative. In fact, I think the NSSF did some kind of a spotlight on their little tiny booth. They had one little space in the hallway, <laughs> and uh, it was amazing. But you know what? We never heard anything about it since then. Guarantee us somebody walked up to them who had a lot of money and bought it and shelled it. Yeah, probably one of the big. Hey, that's 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 something that happens. I, I you know just. You know, there was that guy in the eighties. It's like, look, I got a car that runs on hydrogen water or something like that. And then well, they we murdered never... that guy though. <laughs> they murdered him. You know, <laughs> but I guarantee you, there's other people that come up with similar technology. They just buried it. You know, like yeah. uh, the I don't know the gun world when it comes to like new 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 tech. It's yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of it, it comes in. They try to refute it. They they call it ridiculous, and then they turn around and copy it. Yeah. And then they go, look how innovative we are, you know, like it, well, it, it's so common. Smith Smith did that with their their Glock clone. What was I can't remember what model that was. Oh, the Sigma? Was it the Sigma? It, it was there it was well, it was the the pistol they were trying to develop along with the forty, but then Glock beat them to the punch and got adopted with the Glock twenty two. Well, and then I no, I don't think it was the Sigma, because it was shoot, I can't remember the, the the I mean, slide they... from the Smith will go right on the Glock frame, and the huh. and the plunger safety and everything like they all line up. And I think Glock sued Smith and they won. Oh, it might have been the Sigma then. I can't remember the freaking. Name I mean, I, I mean, recent, recently, recently though, like it was a couple months back. I think they did the release on it, but you know, Smith and Wesson's like, look, we made a double action, a double barrel, or was it double? Is it double? It's a single. It's the double pump. Oh yeah, bullpup shotgun, just like the KSG, right? Yeah, and uh, well, all the comments were was you just ripped off the KSG, no one cares. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, and then they got recalled, <laughs> and then they got recalled. So like even even like so like that I don't know. That's one thing that I struggle with doing my patents and doing other things is if you do it first and you get enough people to see it first, they will always call out the copycats and talk mad crap to them. Like if you notice with KSG. 
it came out first. Everybody knows that if you do that, you're just copying a KSG because, I mean, granted, Keltec makes some weird-ass guns, but they're usually fairly out there, you know, so you yeah. cannot say that they're 100% derived from something else, but the right. um, the Smith & Wesson shotgun that came out, was it was just a KSG, you know, like, yeah, yeah they might have done a few tweaks, you know, but everybody called them out on it, you know. Yeah. Um, IP, intellectual property concept of doing something first and being first to market with it sometimes you, know, you don't even need to patent sometimes because if, you, if you're able to market it right everybody knows you did it first and you just move on with your life because then it's out there in the public you have a case even if you ha- if you decide to end up getting sued because somebody tries to make the patent and then say that you're violating their patent well you did it first yeah and it's very obvious that you did it first you know so um, that's always a struggle, at least with me uh, being a small company. Like certain things, I definitely want to patent, especially with my patent, my uh, my piston operating system that I'm working on. The you know, because that's definitely something no one's done before. It will be different. Um, it's pretty original for everybody that I've talked to. That's you know signed all the fun NDAs and have, have actually seen or heard the concept of what what we're doing here at Red Right Hand is definitely different. <laughs> Well, I'm Unlike. excited. I'm excited to see this. Well, next time we're, you come, we were talking a little bit off the air. It sounds pretty damn awesome. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic, and it's got tons of potential. I can't wait to continue to forward the development on it. But uh, you know, it, you know, stuff like that is definitely when you get into that territory. Yeah, you should be looking into patents. But like other things, uh, like what we're doing uh, in the meantime to offer some products, a to keep us, you know, having revenue. It's a company. We, you need to be able to make money to spend money. Right. Um, we're, we're doing uh, our new upper receivers, uh, which should be available here soon. Um, there we're making a light machine gun uh, and a, a IAR infantry automatic rifle style upper receivers. And we're doing some interesting heat sinks that just slip over common use barrels. Um, you know, they, they, they heat them up and you press them on. And what they're doing is basic thermodynamics. Could it be patented? I don't know, probably. Um, is it worth going out of the way versus just saying, hey, look, I'm doing it first? I mean, not every, there's other guys out there that have aluminum heat sinks that go over barrels. Uh, JP is one of them. Um, but they have a proprietary barrel design. If you want to use their parts, you got to buy their barrel, and that barrel's not meant to be a high volume shooting, you know, LMG or IAR style upper receiver. I mean, it's good for competition, but it's not really meant to be behind a yeah, not to be dumped on. Not not meant to be dumped on. And right now, I mean, it, we we look at the reason why we're doing it is there's a market out there for people looking to add a light support weapon, squad support weapon to their arsenal. Um, there's more guys that are working in groups and there's obvious roles within an infantry squad that people are looking to fill. You got yep. you guys with DMRs, you got your rifleman guys, you got, um, you know, your support guys, you know, and your support guys usually carry a saw or a, um, IAR nowadays, the Marine Corps definitely all went over to the IAR and now everybody's going to get one, but you know, right the auto rifle has been around that concept of running auto rifles has been around forever. The Russians with the RPK and the RPDs. Um, It's, it's a hugely popular idea. The thing, the thing that I've noticed and a couple other people out there on the internet and YouTube um, that have discussed this theory and, and and are promoting this theory 
is, um, you know, IARs and automatic rifles should be more of a role that people should realize. And it's also an achievable role as a civilian. Not every civilian has a SOT. <laughs> And not yeah. every civilian can afford a post sample machine gun or, a, or not post a pre sample, pre ban, yeah, pre ban, or you know, even a semi automatic. What's this semi automatic saw running for right now? Like, gosh, they're 11,000 bucks or something, yeah, it's I don't know if they're that high, but they're they're expensive. Well, I mean, you can buy the, a car, yeah, you could buy a car. Like, the fight light upper receivers when they first came out were like three grand, and that was expensive. But, you know, you had this ability to run a magazine or a belt through your AR-15 upper, and that was really cool. Uh, those are now $8,300. Like, that's kind of out of the realm of the average American citizen purchasing, yeah. um, you know, trying to build a rifle or, you know, add that type of weapon to their arsenal, which, you know, legally they can do all day long. It's not like... Um, you're not allowed to have an upper capable of, you know, lots of rate of fire. And I mean, we're seeing guys with uh, the binary triggers, you know, and, you know, of course the, the FRTs are out there. Right. Um, guys are looking to, you know, try to build weapons that are built to kind of fall into that uh, quote unquote automatic rifle role, um, even though they're not automatic. Um, but they're pushing normal. What I noticed is a lot of guys are pushing normal AR-15 uppers into roles they don't belong in. Right. You don't put a government profile on something that you plan on shooting 180 to 200 rounds through in rapid succession in a 15 minute period. It's not good for the barrel. Um, you know, well, and can, like you're saying, most people can't even afford a, a solid barrel. I mean, everything's getting expensive. Everything's but getting expensive. Uh, most guys just want to jump online. They want to go to that. And, and I admit I bought stuff off that particularly. State Armory website. Everything's <laughs> affordable, right? They just want to get a yeah. gun and shoot it. But yeah. none of those guns are made to handle solid abuse. No. And, and, you know, when you put a gun in like that, like, yeah, you, can, you, could, you could shoot multiple mags through one of those rifles. But the thing that people don't realize is when you get certain stuff to certain temperatures, like certain profiles, especially like the government profile barrels or any of these lighter yeah, profiles. Well, they can fail, but what you're doing is you're messing with the heat tempering on them. You know, you got thinner areas and you got thicker areas. They're all heating up at differential rates and they're holding heat longer in certain spots and cooling off quicker in others. Um, they're just not meant for that. And that's, that's like when yeah. you see like the Iraq veteran tests where he's out there melting guns down. Um, if they don't blow the gas tube, they, they, they fail right there at the government profile right behind yeah. the gas journal and they blow yeah. up. They, they, they shoot bullets out the side of the handguard because that spot's thin and it's been heated up and it's been cooled down, heated up, cooled down. You think that's just, it's just a huge weak point in that barrel. Yeah. They're not meant for that. You know, it's a great, you know, carbine barrel. It, there's nothing wrong with government profiles. I'm really glad to see that the market over the years have developed better barrels to be for fighting carbines. For the average uh, American citizen, you know, we, we've seen a huge trend from like 10, 15 years ago, this 16 inch M4 carbine copy barrel yeah. with a grenade cut in it, which is worthless as hell, <laughs> being standard to mid length guns that are profiled in a way to be light, but 
they're stress relieved. They're, they, don't, they don't have anything that you don't need on them. And they're, they're designed to be a modern day fighting carving. Um, yeah. They're making them lighter and stronger and they're great for that particular role. They're also, thank God, people are finally getting on this bandwagon of actually having the proper size gas ports for suppressing them. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause over gassing kills. It's just not good for anything. Well, most so, people like, you know, the same kind of website. Most people, if they're buying stuff off there, they don't, they don't understand, you know, well, how much gas do I need? How much little, you know, they, they don't understand that principle. They think, well, I'll just throw a can on the end of this thing and we'll go to town. Mm-hmm. And you start breaking bolts. You start shearing all sorts of parts and you're wearing your gun out faster than you would normally. It's it putting a suppressor on a gun is, is not good. <laughs> like if you don't build something to handle a certain thing, you, it's, it's like you buy a, a, a Jeep and the Jeep guys that get this one, you buy your stock Jeep. that has got Dana 35s on it. You can't run forties on that, on that. You can't go from the stock 30, 30 inch tire, 28 inch tire or whatever to even 33s without blowing up that rear axle. You know, you're going to grenade it. Yeah. That's yeah, just gonna... the way it is. It's not designed for that stress. And yeah. And, and so you gotta, you gotta think about when you build out a rifle, you gotta build You gotta think of all these different aspects of how you want to operate something. And uh, so, I mean, looking on the market, seeing these guys that are, they're out there, they're trying to make, um, you know, their own IARs and stuff. They're just usually end up using kind of just the wrong components. And it get the job done, don't get me wrong, but it's not going to get the job done correctly and you're going to have problems with it. So it's like, yeah. why, why build two uppers when you should just buy one that's built for that role? So, um, like, I mean, I, I've been thinking for years about what I wanted to do. Only recently did I decide we're going to move forward with this project was let's make uppers built for that role for the customer so they can have a turnkey product that's going to serve them a good long time and, and, and work if they decide to put it on a lower that's equipped with any of these new triggers that are out there, a binary or whatever the hell you want to run with it and yep. give you that ability because I don't know. It's a niche and I, I think it's a niche worth exploring and there's only one other guy out there who's making um, an upper receiver. I mean, I'll even shout him out. I think his product's pretty cool. Uh, uh, what is it? Small Team Supply. Uh, he's making 24-inch RPK style uppers. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, they're really neat. I mean, he's got a, he's got a, he had to have barrels made, which is a huge thing to do. I, I know, <laughs> trying to hit barrels made. Um, so, I mean, I really commend him for out going out there and, and getting it done. Um, but what he, what he does, which is neat is, uh, all the front ends, he, he makes them to fit, uh, the RPK bipod, the M60 bipod, or like the Steyr Aug style bipods right up by the muzzle. And they're rad. really, yeah, they're rad. They, they, they definitely do what he built them for. Uh, he's got them on a 12 inch handguard and uh, I believe he has a standard gas block and he's running the V7 Inconel gas tubes, um, which Inconel can handle a lot. A lot <laughs> so like you're not going to blow that gas tube up. Um, it is a bent gas tube though, which I mean, so when I looked at it, like I wanted the straight gas tubes. straight gas tubes don't have yeah. any of the kinks and the kinks get all the heat. So yeah, you do a 
great it's gas. A cavitation too. point or whatever you want to call it. Like it just slows down the gas that goes. Exactly. And so, you know, I was like, well, I want to do a straight gas tube and I want to do an adjustable gas block. I'm not going to do 24 inch barrels anytime soon because um, the one I want to make, it would be super proprietary and I'm not going to build those yet. Um, but I figured 20 and 16 inch style uppers is an LMG style from like, you know, the original Colt LMG. That's where the terminology comes from. And uh, the IAR program, um, I figured I would definitely branch out into those two categories and because mainly is i also believe that everything from it's 2022 everything that you should be building should be could be capable of being suppressed 100 percent, 100 like there's no reason that you should not be in this day and age trying to acquire yourself a suppressor and this year is the year for me to acquire a suppressor yeah that is my goal this year get one you'll never you'll never be the same once you have one you'll realize all the massive benefits to it but you'll also realize it's how important it is to have an upper built to be suppressed when you run a suppressor. You know, and I know the guy to talk to. You know, uh, and you know me, you can call me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when when I when I went out with this, I, I I wanted to kind of address a lot of issues that came about and with you know the original Colt LMG from the '80s and some of the you know the DI issues that you have when you shoot you know, high volumes of fire through a DI system, which we all know you can blow up, you know, you blow, you break the gas tube or you break the barrel. Um, so really all we wanted to do is how do we mitigate and make that system run cooler longer? So you do not put the wear and tear on those parts. Um, so we looked at different, uh, gas block designs and we looked at different barrel designs here on the market. Um, we, we are of course going to use heavy barrels. Um, some people are like, Ooh, why would you put a heavy barrel on something? Well, because you're not going to heat it up that fast and it's not going to warp. It's going to stay true through the whole range of firing you're shooting because it's not going to droop. You know, right. you get a smaller barrel hot, you get point of impact shift. And when you want to keep a cone of fire, because these guns aren't built to be, they shoot MOA ish with good ammunition, usually <laughs> about an inch and a half, you know, which you can't ask much more. Most people can't even shoot an inch and a half if they try. Yeah. So right. that's always kind of one of those talking points people go back and forth with. Um, if your gun shoots two inches or better, you got a good gun. Yeah. <laughs> like, you really can't complain about that. But um, so, you know, you, the heavy barrels, you got to have that stiff barrel for accuracy and heat retention, you know, heat distribution, uh, distribution and, you know, keeping everything nice and sturdy as it heats up. Right. The problem with H bars is, is, once they are hot, they stay hot. Yeah, they don't cool down so fast. No, they they, they do have more surface area because they are almost an inch thick, but you still have a lot of material that's holding heat and slowly dissipating it. So uh, our solution was coming up with uh, these heat sinks. And so I made a stackable heat sink system, which is easily to be machined and what I do is we get them type two anodized. They they're ribbed for your pleasure kind of thing. And they get <laughs> heated up, <laughs> slipped on that barrel, and when they they cool off to the barrel, and they they're holding it nice and tight. And so as that heat finally reaches the surface, it hits a differential metal uh, through a good old 
thermal dynamics. It hits yeah. that good old aluminum, and aluminum dissipates heat way faster than steel. And being that a it's yeah, it's basically a radiator. It's nothing crazy new, but it's something that's not really available out there commercially. Um, and I felt that was going to be a good way of adding value to this type of build and allowing us to kind of stand out. Um, you know, now you got an upper receiver that's staying cooler longer during that uh, a rain of fire or a certain rate of fire. Uh, what we've been doing a lot of testing is 180 rounds in about four and a half minutes, um, which is a lot of rounds to put down in four minutes. But right. if you really think about it, that's three thirty round, uh, three forty round magazines and one sixty round drum or you know surefire mag. Um, and if you're a person in a automatic rifleman role, why wouldn't you have magazines of those type of capacities? Like I'm really looking forward to uh, Desert Tech coming out with that lower receiver that takes fifty three round magazines. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, not a lot of uppers on the market are going to be able to handle the fact that you're putting fifty three rounds through a gun. Because there's there's no bolt lock back and no air going through the barrel for an extra you know fifteen rounds of ammunition, you know that's you'd be surprised how how effective it is to have that that reload time to pump some air through a barrel, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's a that's a lot of heat. It's a lot of heat, and so like in a lot of examples, I got it up here on our, on our board, like our IAR is using a 16-inch SOCOM profile, which um, I don't know if you're familiar with SOCOM profile versus HBAR. Um, it's 870 diameter, uh, 875, versus 970. So it's a little bit thinner, but it's still yeah. definitely heavier all the way through the barrel journal than a standard you know, M4 profile or anything like that. Right. Um, but that barrel at the chamber after 180 rounds in about four and a half minutes is 261 degrees at the chamber. So like at one inch in front of the chamber, right there where the, um, the shoulder takes place on the, on the barrel and right behind the gas block, like a quarter inch behind the gas block, it's 368 degrees. Yeah. And 180 rounds. Um, but then you put on my heat seek system and we're looking at 218 degrees at the chamber and 235, uh, 235 degrees a quarter inch behind the gas block. That is That's a huge difference. It's 49.5 degrees cooler at the chamber and 101 degrees cooler at the gas block. Yeah. Nobody here on the planet will complain that your barrel's cooler. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're holding tighter groups. You're having consistent ammunition burn. You're having consistent uh, gas feed through the system because holes aren't opening up because they're expanding under heat. Right. And um, so our from from there with our heat system, we, we have an adjustable gas block. We ended up going with uh, an awesome company named Rifle Speed, and they have these badass gas blocks that you can go all the way up to 12, 1 to 12. They're a wow. dial adjustable no threads inside the gas block where gas and carbon accumulate, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, every other adjustable gas block on the market is a screw inside a threaded hole inside a gas block. And you adjust it once and you never get to mess with it again <laughs> because it's filled with carbon and you strip it. 
And then you're swearing, and then you got to buy a new block. Exactly. And and then a lot of other blocks that do have knobs, or I mean, it doesn't matter. Once the knob still gets filled up, I I mean, I test a couple other uh, gas block, adjustable, quote unquote, adjustable blocks in the market. They all require tools. And they all, after about 780 rounds, even with cleaning, became problematic and not clickable. Um, rifle speed after uh, at least the one I have on here is over 2,300 rounds with minimum cleaning, still hundred percent adjustable with your fingers. Cause it's a, it's a knob. You, you reach up and turn it. No problem. Uh, there's no, nothing that binds that block up. And the best part about this block, you know, at least with the role of this rifle, it, it, it's advantages with these upper receivers are you can a control your rate of fire drastically <laughs> and you can control your suppressor usage yeah. and its rate of fire, which is awesome. Because and, and, uh, you've shot, a, about, you've shot yeah, a suppressed sorry. full auto, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, the same rifle can go from 900 rounds a minute to 1400 rounds a minute with a suppressor and a hurt. Yeah. And with this system, you basically know, where your setting is because you go out and test it on the range and you put the can on, you dial it down to the number where you know that it runs right where you want it. And it's still shooting ejecting four o'clock and the rate of fire is not astronomical. It's still extremely controllable. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen uh, Maxim's new suppressors. So the guys, maybe you know the guys that are designing the Maxim suppressors, they all came from gym tech Mm -hmm. and they just came out with some pretty interesting designs for their suppressors. And I could see where one of their little LMG suppressors would work quite nicely. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've tested it with a couple different suppressors. Um, haven't tested it with the Maxim one yet. Um, it's, I got I to gotta get my hands it, on one. It's pretty cool. No? They, they came up with some innovative ideas inside the baffle. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Those guys are all extremely smart people. <laughs> like Gym Tech really, or Gym Tech when it was dissolved and Smith and Wesson buying them up, but not taking the engineers was a major a, mistake. Major mistake because I haven't dumbest... seen any anything cool come out of that merger deal ever. Yeah, that was the dumbest idea from Smith and Wesson. They just spent a bunch of money and and made a bunch of mistakes. Oh yeah, and uh, you know the innovation's not always it, the innovation continues with the right crew and well. <laughs> They didn't and, get the crew. And yeah, yeah, there's, I have a sneaking hunch there's going to be more to come from Smith and Wesson's mistake. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it at all. So, but yeah, you know, so we, we picked this gas block. It also runs a straight gas tube. And on our straight gas tube, we do do a modification to that as well because when, you know, stainless steel gas tubes get hot, you'll, you'll notice this on just any other machine gun. Um, with a stainless steel gas tube on a DI gun. Um, as you get through that magazine, towards the end of the magazine, your ejection pattern starts to drastically change. You start suddenly having more gas run through the system. And that's because the gas tube's getting hot. And when metal gets hot, it expands. Yeah. So it constricts, um, constricts your gas flow. Yep. And next thing you know, you've got this crazy ejecting gun and it's running harder than it should be. Um, and so, and one way, and one way to keep the, uh, gas tube from doing that, you know, 
I mean, from going from a kinked tube to a straight tube, that definitely helps because you have consistent gas pressure all the way through the tube. It also gives Ford's me the opportunity to wrap the tube. And I have a copper nickel uh, alloy that I use and I make a coil and the coil goes right over the uh, gas tube and it draws heat out of the tube. So, so the tube stays cooler longer. I mean, it still gets hot. It, it's one of the hottest items on the gun, but by yeah. doing that as the tube, you know, it's already, it's always in contact with the coil, but as it tries to expand, the coil a keeps it from wanting to expand faster, but then the coil continues to pull heat out of it and now provides triple. I, I, I you know, I, I can't even do the math on how small it is, but like if you were able to add up all the surface area, it, at least triples the, the amount of surface area that's getting air now um, well, to, to help keep that tube cooler. And maybe some folks don't understand, the gas tube is designed to fail in the original concept, right? That, mm -hmm. that was a yeah. point of failure for safety reasons. Yeah. But if you've ever shot your gun to the point of failure on a gas tube, it can it could scare you. <laughs> Well, it can scare you. It makes it makes a pretty big pop. <laughs> it definitely, yeah. uh, definitely freaks you out. And I mean, and we and we see that all consistently around the same time frame on any meltdown test. Yeah. You know, that four hundred fifty rounds to five hundred rounds of full auto nonstop shooting. Sometimes yeah. earlier, depending, or even a little bit later. I've even seen some DI tubes um, that were like uh, nitrated go like eight hundred rounds nonstop wow. before they blew up. We you know. we had we set one up um, in a different range that I worked at. We set one up on a, a very cheap upper full auto. I think we made it ninety rounds. <laughs> yeah, wow, <laughs> and it it was gone. Yeah, and it 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 depends on um how the, how much gas the system's pushing through it and all that stuff, you know. And and the one huge advantage too, though, is having a gas block that's restricting the excess gas you do not need from going through the tube. You also, in turn, keeping the tube from heating up faster than it needs to because yeah. it's only pushing the amount of gas it needs to operate the system through it. So that's how we that's how we addressed our light machine gun upper. Um, we're calling it the Recce LMG, and uh, we have our Recce LAR uh, IAR, sorry. And there are our squad support uppers that we're going to be producing um, and yeah, badass. So, selling to the public you know like it you know i do have uh, like some people will be like well it's not an lmg because it's not a light machine gun there's no way it's a light machine gun. it it's just the terminology <laughs> from yeah. the original colt lmg i is i love that gun i think that rifle auto rifle is amazing um i think it's um, is the way i see it is like if you were doing the colt uh lmg upper in today's age what would you do and this is how i envisioned that to be I also may may not be making a open bolt trigger system that <laughs> drops into uh, M16 lowers and fixes all uh, the problems that LMGs, the Colt LMG had for uh, government contract stuff. So. In, insert legal. Cody is uh, <laughs> is licensed by the feds to do this. Yes, uh, I'm a full 07 SOT licensed uh, manufacturer, and we we get he, to he experiment. Isn't just some guy in things. his kitchen with a 3D printer making full auto kits. Yeah, no, no. Ours are all bought, paid for, licensed, legal, you know, all that fun stuff. But, you know, like that, it was always to me, it was like, it was a, it was a good idea at the time that fell short. You know, everybody that adopted the Colt LMG across the planet um, accepted it in closed bolt, not the open bolt configuration due to certain safety concerns. 
And um, that was kind of sad because the open bolt Colt LMG is super badass. Like, super smooth shooting, great cyclic rate of fire, keeps nice and cool. Um, Cycle rate will be. Uh, well, on these currently, um, with with the closed bolt right now, with the with with the gas blocks, I, I can't tell you for sure. I haven't. I, I've, every time I go to the range, I don't seem to be bringing my shot timer like I should to like calculate it out. <laughs> um, but like, turn this up to like you know setting ten, and you have like an M sixteen rate of fire. You know, like a full auto M four rate of fire. You know, you're looking at like the 850 to 900 rounds a minute and you turn it down and you get it to like 700, 650 rounds a minute. Like you can get a nice cyclic rate by just tuning the gas. Um, I think it would be very interesting. I look forward to uh, when we do um, have the the prototype trigger made uh, for our open bolt version, um, which would be, of course, government and military only. Um, <laughs> sadly, when you, when sadly. you need trigger testing, let me know. Yes, no, that, that one's gonna be a fun Instagram gun. <laughs> Everybody on the planet's gonna want to play with that one. Um, and, and, and it all comes down, and well, also the way I see it too is you know, there's a lot of other international contracts out there for auto rifles, and there's you know, because a lot of countries out there can't afford to buy saws, yeah. like even if you and I today. I'd say the the 86 band never happened. Purchasing a saw as you and me as an individual would still be a $10,000 plus weapon system. You know, so the idea, you know, that people are like, oh yeah, they'd just be cheap and plentiful. It's like, no, you wouldn't be able to afford it. it even with government spending, you know, that, that's still a big fucking chunk of change for any world government or whoever entity to buy Right, you know, a dozen saws where you can buy a dozen open bolt, you know, LMG style uh, rifles for your government entity and definitely budget and have a weapon that's squad compatible and does what it needs to do, you know. So right. uh, it's, a, it's a market that, of course, we're looking at to play with. Um, and that's why, you know, also because I think it's just cool. And uh, it's my company. If I want to try something out, I try it out, you know. Oh, yeah. So. Um, that's definitely something we're working on, but that's where the Colt LMG, the, the LMG heritage and the LMG nomenclature for our 20 inch upper comes from. Um, I well, just, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah. You're gonna have to come out and shoot them. Yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> they're, they're, they're will absolute hoot. Time. I will it, call in sick from any job that I may have. It, it's it's so much out. fun because when you turn it tune it down to right where it's at you need it to run at and you float up a 30 round magazine and you take you know aim on a 60 percent ipsic target at 100 yards and you got a suppressor on this thing and all you do is listen to 30 pings in a row <laughs> like it doesn't move you know also one is you know people are like well yeah it, it weighs you know almost six pounds as an, as an upper and there's rifles out there that weigh six pounds but right it's the reason why it's able to do that is because it's heavier the barrels st- stiffer and stronger and can handle that and it's built to shoot a cone of fire <laughs> like yeah so oh. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of fun developing these. I'm looking forward to getting them up. Uh, we're working on our website, which I am, as you know me, I'm not a technologically savvy guy. 
it's brutal. Um, yeah, pretty stupid myself. Oh, it's been uh, it's been a challenge, but when we get it up and running, we'll have we'll have the uppers for sale available to be purchased. With, you know, give me your credit card. We'll put it in the, we'll put it on the order. We'll ship it, and you'll get it. No problem. Because that that was always one thing I had a hard harder time with um, the last two years is I haven't had the ability to take credit cards, and I haven't had a full on website due to I wasn't taking in a ton of stuff. You know, like yeah. I wasn't trying. You know, I I was spending a lot of time R and D and um. You know, it was word of mouth. So local people kept me going, you know. Um, I would like to be able to accept work from other places, but it was just, like, not worth trying to expand until now. So Yeah. Have you noticed anything that's – any roadblocks or anything on this journey for making your little uppers here? Is there anything that felt like you had really struggled to overcome? Realistically, it, it takes money to make money. Yeah. That's that's the biggest thing, straight up, is being able to save up enough cash and then decide how many of one thing are you going to make and then make it. Because I'm also one of those people that believe if you're going to launch a product, you got to have a few in stock before you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't believe in pre-orders. I mean, even though at one point, if there's enough demand, I'll probably take pre-orders because there's already, you know, we've already sold some. And, and it'd be like, all right, well, I got, you know, I, I, I am fronting the cash to build 25 or whatever, but I'll take a pre-order for another 25 on top of that so I can double my order and get the parts in. Um, yeah. have my machine shop cranking out my heat sink system um, and, um, you know, get everything put together, you know. Like that, that was the biggest one, you know. Um, other than that, like getting dealership, uh, dealer networks, you know, I, I got signed up with Midwest Industries. They're going to be the rail of choice on our system. Um, some people may not like this. They're going to be quad rails. Um, I love the quad rails. And if you don't like the quad rails, well, <laughs> I'm great. sorry. You know. Um, well, it kind of fits the gun, though, doesn't it? It fits the gun great. And, and that's the one thing is you, you can't – it's like physics. You can't have your free lunch and eat it too kind of thing or have a free lunch and not eat it or whatever. The, um, <laughs> the problem is, is, like, you know, you, you – <laughs> You want a heat seek system, keep the gun cooler, cool. You're adding dimension yeah. underneath that handguard. Um, and the big thing about M-Lock these days is they make them so damn thin. Huh. Yeah. And, you know, I get slip. I mean, I got pictures and I got video on Instagram of us shooting it with an M-Lock handguard on. Um, but you can't fit anything on those M-Locks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's straight there just for a placeholder while we waited for other parts to come in. But um, in order for you to be able to use and mount stuff to that system you need a standoff so um quad rails do the trick also they're heavily ventilated and it's funny as they come in within an ounce and a half of any m-lock rail yeah like a lot of people think m-locks automatically lighter it really is not that much lighter so it's it is what it is but we you know um they look great we have version. We have a version that we're going to make where just the gas tube has the heat sink on it, and you'll have an M lock rail. You know, we're, we're we're keeping open for the market. Yeah, but um, I have a feeling though that those that purchased that particular setup may realize why they needed to go with the. Oh yeah, rail. oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and and dude, the best thing is is though, like if you think about it, 
you can always find a Picatinny mounted accessory in every gun shop in America still. Yeah. It's still extremely popular. The government still uses it. It's used world, worldwide. Um, and it's still the strongest method of attachment. Like M-Lock still fails before it parts on a, on a pick rail. I mean, that's yeah. what they compared it to when they did the key mod M-Lock test was how, how well did it compare to a pick rail. You know, um, so I'm a big fan of uh, the quad rails. Every all my personal guns are quad rails still to this day, and every gun I build still has quad rails on it. So um, can't beat the classics sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, but you know, we got you know, so we're using the. Midwest rails. I got a good OEM manufacturer for all the mil spec components. Um, you know, we were using rifle speed. I'm making my own parts and, you know, everything comes in. We, we do a very thorough inspection and I gunsmith each and every one of them as they go together. Like nice. everything, you know, it's, it's a custom build every upper. It's professionally not, fit. yeah, it's professionally fit and finished. You know, it's not just slapped together. You know, I sit here and I take the time and, listen to Spotify or podcasts or whatever. And I just work my way through stuff. It's not, not crazy. It's not, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. We're just trying to make money. I know I want to build a good product and I want people to get a product that they're really happy with. And it's going to last them a long time. It's going to do the job they want it to. So yeah, that's what we're about. So right on. Yeah. Right on. So let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Cause we were talking a little bit off the air about, I mean, there's more going on than just you making cool shit. Oh, yeah. No. The... I, I don't know if you paid attention. <laughs> the world keeps turning. <laughs> and so I've got I've got this little sound bite here that, that uh, might help you know what's going on. Hopefully this sounds right. Ready? Now let's hear it. I heard almost none of that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Really? I, I'm sorry. I really hope oh, the, so I hope the listeners are really I don't so know. You're it, it, was, it was Kamala talking about uh, how, how Russia is a big country. Oh, yes. I, I know the quote. And Ukraine is a little country. country so it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? It's really funny is... Uh, Ukraine is actually smaller than Texas in landmass. And you know what other country was smaller than landmass? Um, Iraq. In, oh, in 2003, we invaded it under the pretense that they had weapons that threatened the planet and that we couldn't let them invite. We had to violate their sovereignty to go stop them from using those weapons against us and our allies. But we never found them, and uh, wow, what was it like? Uh, what we're on day six or seven of that invasion, where uh, Russia did the same exact thing that we did in two thousand three, and no one seems to remember that. <laughs> uh, the one thing that I did that I while we were before the show started, I was just doing some news perusing, and Russia did strike the largest nuclear power plant in the Ukraine about a well, it's probably about two hours ago now. 
Yeah, they, they hit it. They actually turned it off, from what I understood. So, according to the Ukrainian government, it's not... It was lightly damaged, but nothing major. Oh, that's good. The report I saw was it was on fire. Oh, I'm. I, this is the other fun thing, though, is uh, you can't believe fucking anything you hear coming out of that region what, from like either the ghost side. Of Kiev? Is the it ghost real? of Kiev or uh, the guy on Snake Island? Or, or the super hot model that shoots airsoft? Yeah, shoots the airsoft gun. You know, it's that... Uh, that was the biggest yeah right the 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 story is so evolving and constantly changing um if you don't if you don't have telegram or you know one of these less restricted apps where you're able to draw in information from every source you can to determine your own outcome you're you're listening to propaganda yeah, and and I saw that there was something about Telegram on there. It's like, man, I, and I do have a Telegram account. I just never use it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I only ever I only ever use it when I know that there's going to be a bunch of BS being fl- thrown from both sides. <laughs> only time I ever turn it on because and this is the this is interesting because the first time in my life, and not that I'm old, but never in a conflict like this has social media played such a huge role. And disinformation mm-hmm. happened forever. Any kind of conflict in world history, I'm sure disinformation has been a part of warfare because, you know, you've got to create mm-hmm. that confusion. But we have so many, uh, what would you call them? I guess on-site journalists that, yeah. that lowercase j, I guess, that, that are publishing information now in real time. It, it's pretty amazing. Well, what I keep telling a lot of folks right now is, is what we're, we really are in the middle of actually World war three period, whether you want to realize it is because everybody on the planet right now has some kind of stance or involvement with what's going on. When that not can be considered active participation yeah. within a world war. Well, and uh, Putin said that world war three would be fought with ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. And, and so, we're we're looking at fifth generation warfare is what's currently yeah. happening to us. Yeah. We're all actively involved in spreading or sharing or consuming either false information, correct information, or whatever, and disseminating and that constantly. And it's extremely hard to tell the difference of which one you're really looking at. Yeah, and, and whether you believe it or not, you're all an active participant in the war in Ukraine right now. Yeah, <laughs> like us yeah, having well, this it, conversation is literally helping participate by talking about the conflict. You know, like, and, and, and I can't help but get like, and I know I'm not the only one in in America because we have Americans going over there enjoying their foreign foreign legion to fight. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I, I'm not against it personally. No, I, I'm okay with it. I had nothing against the guys going to to fight uh, alongside the YPG to fight ISIS, but they're all labeled as traitors and terrorists by the United States government, and they can never come home. Yeah, but the they're going to do the same hadn't... thing. They're going to do the same thing to you if you go to Ukraine. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> or you're going to get captured by the Russians, and they're going to put you in the gulag. You well, know? I don't think there's going to be a lot of capturing because Russia could absolutely crush Ukraine in the heart. Oh, they and they are. They are. As far as I'm concerned, everything like that I've seen and what I'm reading, Russia does not intend to stop, and they are going to yeah. accomplish their goal. And I think they're going to cut the country right down the Dnieper River, and, and they're going to keep and they're the going to keep is. the east. 
And then from another analysis guy that I like to watch uh, through the S2 Underground in a few places, um, they talk about that Odessa to a certain highway in the south. They want that to cut off completely the Black Sea from the country of Ukraine. They'll probably leave. They'll take two-thirds of the country and leave one-third, which would be the northwest corner the towards least, Belarus. The least um, useful. Well, if you know, it's interesting, though. Look at political voting maps of Ukraine for that election they had. Well, it's, and, the and, Russians and, have been involved in that from the beginning. Well, so is the CIA and all sorts of no. other people. We oh, dude. No, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't overthrow countries in the name of whatever and install <laughs> regimes. We never do that. But, never but, you know, like, if you did a political voting map of America, the same thing by, by county, you'd, you'd find out that a lot more Russians or a lot more Ukrainians side with the Russians in the, the east side of the country than they do in the west. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't foresee Russia wanting to really try to occupy more land that wouldn't be more leaning towards Russian, you know, rule or intervention or whatever. Um, they'll largely leave the side that does not want Russia alone. And I think, I think that the deeper river is definitely a, for sure from at least everything I've watched and read and, and, you know, analysis guys that I've listened to, they, they probably have a better luck at holding that ground with less resistance yeah. Than anything on the other side of that river, so I I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't stop there though. I think he really wants to be the the conqueror. Like I think he wants the empire back, and that's yeah. He's got to he's got to start with the the useful parts of Ukraine first, the oil fields and and all that stuff to fund what he needs. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time though, Russia has all the natural resources they possibly ever need to operate under its own rule. So yeah, I, I, I think it, it, the definite, you know, his exclusive they do, they do using, support, though. yeah, they definitely need access to the Black Sea. And I think that um, they definitely feel that there's probably a security, you know, risk to having Ukraine be part of NATO. I, I mean, yeah. the, I, those, don't, I don't think I don't think Ukraine should be part of NATO. No, I don't want I think that's NATO. I, I think it'll be a huge fucking mistake. You know, yeah. NATO well, NATO should have honestly, been disbanded. I don't even want NATO. <laughs> NATO should have been disbanded when the Soviet Union disbanded. Money to get redistributed. Exactly. And you know, they they the only reason why they were ever there was for the threat of the Soviet Union. When the threat of the Soviet Union disappeared, there shouldn't have been no more NATO. And if yeah. you think about it, it's like then they're just still a big bully standing there, fucking absorbing money yeah. and you know pissing everybody else off. And I think it's antiquated for this time, day and age to have yeah, NATO absolutely. around. I think that's why NATO absolutely couldn't stand Trump because Trump was like, "You guys are a waste of money," yeah. and you know start paying your share if you want to keep it going. I mean, there's no problem with having alliances. That's human nature. You're going to have sure. alliances forever. Um, but, but they gotta be it, useful. Yeah. And also though, it's it's such a schoolyard BS thing to be like, if one attacks us, the we all attack you. <laughs> like yeah. it, it the, you know, I think uh that's something that Putin likes to call out all the time. He's like, there's a bunch of you guys that aren't ready for any actual fight. So why would no. you even be part of this? You know, and I you know, the European Union is ridiculously dependent on Russian energy exports. 
Yeah. And they're still paying Russia right now to this at well, this very hour. So are we. We're yeah. still buying fuel from Russia. Well, we're buying uh, depleted uranium because, you know, Hillary Clinton made sure that was fucking going to keep going. Well, and the Bidens have to, you know, the big man has to get paid, too. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Ukraine has always been a money laundering scheme for fucking tons of different empires, you know. Um it's so funny, in my opinion, that, you know, again, it's all opinion based, but, you know, this ideology that is being portrayed on the United States media and a bunch of other media that is Ukraine is a fucking beacon of democracy and they are the perfect deal. It's like when the Zeminsky guy, I can't even pronounce his damn name, when the current president of Ukraine took office, he literally jailed all his opponents and put them in prison. Yeah. Yeah. He's I'm not like, a good dude. I'm like, you do realize that's exactly what Putin's been doing forever. Yeah, like, he's not a it's, good dude. And, and you know, you know it's, it's, and, I mean, it's kind it, of a con- – oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, it, it, the, the saying I like to say all the damn time – excuse me for any viewers out there that don't like language or anything. But when it's literally a bunch of whores in a whorehouse calling each other whores. Yeah. It's it, dude. They're all doing exactly the same thing that they're accusing the other individual of doing, and I think that's what makes it kind of ridiculous. You know, I feel bad for like the average individual in Ukraine who just wants to live their life, and now yeah. in some poor kid who thought he was probably on some like exercise, you know, in the Russian military, now is actually rolling over a, a border and told to shoot at these people who doesn't probably want to be there. You know, and, and you, you know, everybody in that situation is, that's not a good situation to be in, you know, like nobody, nobody's winning. At any no, it's, nobody it's, wins. It's, the only people that win are the people in power and the, and the people that stand something to gain around the planet. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, just the top of the piles. Mm-hmm. To me, this is, it's kind of a confusing war anyways, because I don't know why he's going in with such a limited amount of people. It's, well, I think just, I think he just wants to take it. He could just take it. I think I think initially he thought he'd be welcome with open arms. Maybe. And in certain parts of Donetsk and whatnot, he was. And other places, he met shitloads of javelins. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think you know, nobody, no, no president a wants to do a major military operation spend more money than he needs to and or send in too many people than he needs to. They want to see if they can get away with the least minimum amount and try to claim victory, but that didn't work. Now he's got to commit more stuff to it. And I think he's definitely doing that. Um, Mariupol being a, a huge example of what's going on now with how their strategy has kind of evolved. Um, they, they're overwhelming that city. There's at least yeah. from the last reports I saw in the pictures on the ground, um, from all sides, not just one side. It does not look like a good situation for anybody in Mariupol. No. So, well, Kiev is going to fall here pretty soon, too. They, they will take Kiev, and they'll, and they'll raise that city to the ground. I think it's only a matter of time. And, you know, if you're in Kiev, you probably should get the hell out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, and there's another part of me that thinks, like, Feel like they're trying to just bait us into something, get us involved so they can, you know, start another war, big war. I don't know. I think, I think I, China's watching to see what how much Russia can get away with, so they can jump into Taiwan, and it's just ridiculous. Oh yeah. 
I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll eventually go into Taiwan on their own. I, I think the only people that want to bait us into this is our own people <laughs> and the people in our in, in power currently that also own massive stock in Raytheon and Boeing <laughs> and all those other companies. I mean, they're definitely doing the 2003 banging the war drums. You know, we should go in there. Um, you know, yeah, I don't, I definitely do not want to get involved. Like, it makes me nervous. Yeah, and and I think I mean, and this is something that I, I tell a lot of people that are have uh, brought it up. You know, they're like, "Oh, you know, Putin might might do this to us." I'm like, "No, Putin's not stupid. Putin's been in power for a long time because he's not an idiot." We would absolutely win if it's just Russia against us. Yeah, but if you think about it, Russia does not want to anger the average American to rally them against his side. He is not going to be the one to commit a cyber attack or attack America. And, you know, cause all that's going to do is piss us off. And I think he knows that. And, I, and that's what ultimately terrifies me is there's other people that are in certain positions of power that if they were to do shit like 1930s fucking Poland, yeah. they can, they can push us into a conflict that we didn't even fucking start. You know, that, that wasn't even started by the people that were now, waging war against you know well and um, i don't know if you've ever seen like the deep fake videos where i mean it looks like oh i've seen so could, many yeah it's crazy so it, Dude, he could be not doing anything and somebody could make a video where it looks like he's provoking an attack and he had nothing to do with Dude, it i've seen so many fake stuff. videos of the ukrainian president acting like he's in like in a combat zone and it's either they've They've manipulated footage from like 2018 or, you know, and all that stuff in the prior past when he's visited battlefields to like literally like a GTA 5 looking video of him sitting with soldiers and like terrible fucking photoshopping. And I'm like, dude, you not see, they're like, people are like, look at this leader. He's out there with his men. I'm like, dude, that's the fakest picture I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's so scary to know that the technology exists out there to make deep fake like nobody's business and it's in the hands of the russians and the americans oh yeah and anybody else so well and, and honestly anonymous could even do something like that if they want to do or some kind of a, a hacking organization maybe not anonymous themselves but you know it's available to anybody that knows how to produce a video oh yeah and it, it's it's, it's always a possibility and so that's that's a sketchy thing in this time and era and like and that's the problem with like America over the years somehow like went against the ability to teach kids critical thinking. Yeah. We have so many people nowadays that are incapable of thinking for themselves and critical thinking. That's why I keep telling people get on, you know, get on telegram, make your own decision. Don't, don't let some asshole on TV tell you what to believe. Like you need to see all sides of it and draw your own conclusion. If you don't do that, you're an NPC and you're, you're letting things just be told for you. And that's not yeah. cool. You know? Um, and it's really, you know, it's crazy. Cause you could see the same video in Russian propaganda, Ukrainian propaganda, some European news agency and an American news agency, all with this different, you know, uh, titles of what that video is happening. And you can see blatant fucking Photoshopping yeah. of the armored vehicle or the individual or whatever. You're like, dude, that's, that's so fake like this story is all bs you know that that was why um i called bs 
early on with the snake island stuff was i was like dude there's there's so many conflicting reports here if this all conflicting it's bs the ghost of kiev bunch of bs you know because it was all like you can't prove it there's too many different sources you know ukraine does not have an air force it's gone (laughs) they might have one or two things but they don't have anything they don't have an airstrip to land any aircraft on (laughs) i mean they're all blown up yeah what are you doing land in a field somewhere yeah i don't know it's it's wild dude i think we're living in a really crazy time and age i think everybody needs to be very skeptical and yeah keep an open mind you know the, the same useful way to get information is the same way that it's being manipulated it's just mm-hmm. so easy mm-hmm. and it's you, you're right you got to be pretty particular about what uh and or, I, or at least look up other sources. To exactly, and I'm I'm sure there's somebody who might be listening going, "This guy makes weapons for for military people. <laughs> so why why would you be all for it?" I'm like, "No, dude, I don't like the idea of mass loss of life. I don't I don't yeah. support any of that. Like, you know, it's He's there's just yeah, there's there's justified conflict, and then there's conflict that's solely for the gain of somebody else to take advantage of somebody else and that's not the warfare that you should ever support you know only people that support that are the ones getting rich you know and i think uh you know playing on people's fears and their um emotions and stuff is become such commonplace within all conflict and warfare now it's it's standard and um i mean look at all these random people who had no idea that that ukraine they've been dealing with this since 2014 and if you actually go back further with all the history it actually goes back to 2012 well, time frame but um, you know they've been a, they've been i guess you could say sovereign they've been a democracy for 30 years quote unquote 30 yeah. year so well yeah you know, it's they, been that way from then and before well, if you want to learn some crazy stuff, start looking up like the IMS involvement <laughs> with them and the last president that was in there and then start looking up some certain CIA operations that took place from the 40s all the way up till the 90s, uh, them supporting Nazism and using the fascists there to undermine yeah. the governments. Like there's some crazy information and there's some crazy history that people don't want to acknowledge that, you know, it's not in normal American textbooks, of course, you know, you you have to go out and learn different stuff, what the governments were up to at the time. So like, you know, nowadays, most people have no idea kind of some of the the crazy history of the Western involvement. And, you know, because like, just like in Berlin and Germany and stuff, during the Cold War, the CIA was always in there messing with shit. Yeah, we're always manipulating manipulating stuff constantly all over the globe. Ukraine was not an exception. And, you know, there's there's declassified stuff that you can look into. And um, if if you don't if you're not aware of it, you know, when you hear Putin go, we're going to denazify Ukraine. You go if you have no idea, you're like, what the hell? There ain't no Nazis in Ukraine. You know, like. (laughs) What's this guy talking about? But you you look back into some of the political history of Ukraine, you start finding out there's a shitload of Nazis in Ukraine. You know, like you know, there's also a lot of communism there too. Like I mean, well, that could really be that could really be what more of it is 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 national socialism and then and then communism. That's the real battle that may be taking place that 
we don't want to admit. I think there's a lot of undertones that they're never going to want you to know about. You know, again, money laundering, different things and oh, stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I don't trust any of it. And I think everybody should be skeptical and not trust anything and not take anything for a grain of salt. And they should just do their own research and they should be holding their leaders accountable. Yep. Uh, we have the midterms coming up. It's really important. If you are anti conflict or war or American getting involved in another war and your Senator right now is out there banging on the drums so he can make more money on his Raytheon stock. Maybe you should keep that in mind when it comes to the polls and, you know, look for somebody else. <laughs> you yeah, know, one, like one of my, one of my favorite quotes, if I can quote, gosh, I can't even talk was from Thomas Jefferson. He says, question with boldness, even the existence of God, because if there be one, he must prove the homage of reason. Uh, the fear. Mm-hmm. So that's a good quote. It's an awesome quote. We should be questioning everything because that's how we learn. That's kind yeah. of the point. Yeah. If you're not learning every day, you're already dead. You know, like yeah. that or you're mentally impaired. Like it's, you, you need to question stuff. You need to be an open thinker. You know, like now you, I, I could pull up a million different screenshotted articles from the last, you know, three years of don't do critical thinking. It's dangerous for you um, from major news organizations because they don't want you questioning narrative. We'll tell you the truth. Yeah, and that's not what you should believe. Yeah. That's not that's not right. That's not that's not good. You know, and I'm not trying to red pill anybody or anything like that. I have views that span all over the spectrum, but you know, it's it, well. Hopefully, you gotta one, you gotta look out. You know, <laughs> hopefully, one thing we're learning from this conflict, which is probably more than a conflict is uh is the purpose for at least our second amendment it may not oh, be our country that tries to take over it could be a different country i mean mm-hmm. uh which i have a hard time believing that would be the case but the i mean it's just more a point that and we really need to, really need to fight for for our rights and the government's restrictions oh 100 percent. it's so funny for in the state of the union speech that just happened for the first 10 minutes, uh, Biden praised every swinging dick in Ukraine for getting a free AK-47 or AK-74 and a javelin missile without yeah. a background check. Oh, by the way, please make as much Molotov cocktails as you can in your own house and go out and cause shit against the Russian invaders and fight. You know, and then turns around and says, yeah, you don't need... You don't need a 30-round magazine or a 60-round magazine yeah. or a 100-round magazine because the deer don't wear Kevlar. You're like, what are, What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, one second, you're like, yeah, back, no background checks. Have a $170,000 Raytheon missile that literally is a fire-and-forget weapon system capable of blowing up any tank on the planet to, oh, my God, you can't have a piece of fucking stamped out aluminum metal that has a spring in it that holds 30 rounds of centerfire yeah. ammunition for your non-select fire gun, you know, like. And and it shows that he has no clue or he he's trying to teach other people that the Second Amendment only has regard to hunting. No, it doesn't. It never has, never will. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mention is, hunting one is such a fun lore thing that I don't know if it was the NRA that started perpetuating this concept. I, I, I really want to know where that lore of the second amendment is only for hunting came from. I'd really like to find out well, who kind of coined that. I think it's beyond any, at least of probably at least within the 30 years of, of the NRA. I think, I think it was a, 
some idiot congressman or somebody that had to make that it, up. It could have been. It could have been. But like to me, it's such a in a race thing <laughs> like it's such a yeah. fun lore thing like you know like oh yeah i can't, can't impose on us hunters i think i think it was too long that pro-gun advocacy in america promoted it as a hunting thing and yeah, maybe the maybe. anti-gun and agency basically Just took that and then we're like able to go run. after it because i mean if you look at like nra and all those people they didn't save our machine guns they didn't save anything no, no, no. um so I don't know. It's I don't know where that came from, but they they they're still trying to make it out like you know we're trying to use it for hunting. When yeah. I don't own any AR-15 solely meant for hunting, Not <laughs> you know, me. I don't. I mean, I've hunted with it. Don't get me wrong. I kill I killed a, a white-tailed deer a couple of years ago with my 18-inch SBR. I, I wouldn't recommend shooting deer with an <laughs> AR-15. It wasn't that great, you know. But um, hey, it's, as long as I put it down. They put it down. Don't get me wrong. It just definitely wasn't the you know the was fucking there anything, was dead there anything right there left of the deer after you shot it with that massive weapon of war. Oh no! It um it was funny is because he heard my safety come off, and we're about I was like seventy five yards from this deer, and uh, I kicked my safety off because like I I never really I wasn't trying to be quiet. You know, I was just like oh safety off. You know, and he heard it and. When he started to jump, I, I, I pulled the shot and um, he jumped. So instead of hitting him, you know, in, in the in the heart area, it just skimmed his belly and in his his arm on the back side of the deer and it blew his shoulder out. I was like, oh, dude, oh, I'm so sorry, buddy. And, I, I, you know, of course, being an AR-15, no recoil, I shot right again and hit him in the heart. And he only went about 20 yards and fell down. But yeah. um, it's still not really the greatest round for hunting deer <laughs> you could do it if you had to uh shoot them in the head yeah. if that's what you're gonna do <laughs> yeah you know speaking of the nra i was actually just watching a video and and i'm sure listeners know how i feel about the nra i am a life member of the nra but i've completely disgusted with the leadership over the past 18 20 years disgusted oh yeah so i'm sure you're well aware of of uh, the state of New York and how they took the NRA to the federal court, right? Mm-hmm. To, dis- to disband the NRA. Well, the judge, um, I think the ruling came out today, actually. Oh, said, yeah. No, no, you can't disband the NRA, but all those who are in, uh, in leadership can be held accountable financially, which is fantastic. Yeah, they need to definitely go after Wayne LaPierre for all the ridiculous amount of money fraud that he's committed while being the leader of the NRA. Yeah. It, it's it's well, insane that people don't think that's you know I remember years ago, I remember hearing something and this was a long time ago about um far lefties getting involved, anti-gunners getting involved in the NRA leadership. To, to just contaminate the organization. Oh, I want to doubt it. Maybe this, maybe this is the fruits of it. I don't know, but yeah, that uh, all that entire board needs to be gone. Oh yeah, they need to pretty much gut and overhaul the whole thing. Yeah. Um. I. I don't know. Yeah, it's a long-serving organization. It's the oldest so civil rights organization in the United States. Yet there's organizations that run circles around how they operate. Yeah. constantly like the yeah, fpc is awesome the goa is awesome the national gun rights association is awesome 
There's yeah. a lot of other guys worth giving your money to that aren't going to be taking private jets everywhere to, you know, supposedly save your second amendment, but then literally negotiate them away with Congress. Yeah. You know, the, it's, I mean, it's, most recently it's got the name. Stocks, they didn't do anything. No, no. And I can't wait for that to get overturned. It's oh, only a matter of, over, only a matter of time. The, you know, but it, it, it will set a good precedent if it's overturned, but yeah. there's always I, that I don't risk. Know how much faith I have in that though. Yeah, I, I think we have a. I have a lot of faith in in the community. I have a lot of faith in what's going to happen with our community. I think in the next two years, um, oh, I, I think so. we're going to be dealing with a lot of in a, uh, ATF overreach, though, and that's yes. going to really suck. Well, um, and there, I talked about that last show, a couple shows ago, that they're coming out with the new definitions with things in August about. Uh, arm braces, braces. And, such, so, and yeah. June, June they will be doing the eighty percent receiver stuff, which is yeah. also every gun part on demand. Which, is, if you recall, literally they want every part serialized, serialized. Like down to a down to a spring. And they like, want how to do you serialize the, a spring? Like they want to change the definition of gunsmith. Yeah. So it, you can't, you won't be able to manufacture a gun at home. It has to be done by somebody with a license. Yeah, basically you have to go do what I did, which is file a shitload of paperwork, pay a lot of fees, have the government come to your home and inspect everything. You have to have the city sign off on everything. You have to have city inspectors come through and do all that fun stuff. Um, and then you're paying taxes and you're paying um, yearly fees. And, you know, it's not what the founding fathers at all envisioned no. for, well, for you but I manufacturing think guns. I think there are some very pro-gun members of Congress that filed a lawsuit recently against the DOJ. I want to I want to say there's something new coming through them. I, I think, I, like I said, I like I I, I have faith that there's going to be some good changes this year. Um, I sure hope not. So. Not not we that we're it. not going to still go through some hardships. I, I believe there's going to be still... massive court cases. Massive court cases. Yeah. Are, are things that oh that's not covered under the Second Amendment. Yeah. But what we need uh, to realize is that the Second Amendment is a restriction on government, not a restriction on citizenry. Yeah, and all it takes is a Supreme Court to basically rule on that, you know. Um, Which shouldn't even go to that level. That's what pisses me off. I know. But, you know, one thing that we can look forward to is hopefully they take on – the one one they really need to take on is the Maryland assault weapons ban. Um, because the Maryland assault weapons ban talks about common use. And if the Supreme Court was to uphold – the common use clause basically suddenly anything that's manufactured in the millions is already considered common use. There's more AR 15 handguns than there are Ford F one fifties. That's called common fucking use. Like well, everybody well, just, on the planet has one. Every manufacturer just rifles, made one. Just rifles. They think there's somewhere around 20 million, which I, I think that number is anemic that. as hell. I think that oh, number yeah. is closer to it's, 60. It's probably I, yeah, like four I would times say, that. If you, I mean, it may not be rifles, but just if you, if you go off a receiver oh. for AR-15s, AR-15 receivers, I guarantee are over 60 million in yeah. circulation. I guarantee you there's at least 60 million AR-15s in the hands of Americans. Well, I don't think, yeah. you know, 20 million rifles is, I think that's, I, I heard that number 10 years ago. <laughs> there's no way 
that well, think about only, the variations they, they, they killed that many of them and ground yeah. them up you know like and there's variations like i said there's handguns and there's low receivers low receivers are not counted as rifles yeah. ar pistols are not counted as rifles so yeah. um ar platform Yes, there's probably 60 million plus of those things in America. Yeah. Like, I, who do you know? Like, I mean, I know very few guys or gals in America that I know that who don't don't own one. I know liberals yes. that even own them for crying out loud. Like, well, and not only that, how many of those people you know that own one that don't own two or three, mm-hmm. two or, or three or five or twelve? You know, I, I mean, there's there's so many out there. I think, you know, it would be really important for that Maryland case to go forth because then they can talk about common use. Yeah. And if, if they're they able use to that kind of scrutiny, though, well, that's what that, that whole law is about is in common use, saying that you can't ban a gun in common use under a solo yeah. ban. And so, you know, we all know it's America's rifle. You know, it's everywhere. So if they if they were to rule that common use is not bannable, then AR pistols and pistol braces are not bannable because they yeah. would be under the common use clause that would be supported by the Supreme court. And the same thing with, um, you know, common use 3d printers and all that. Other stuff. Like you can literally at that point, sue the shit out of the, out of the feds over the, over the concept common use. And all yeah. you have to do is get a rough number. As long as it's over a couple million, you're solid, you know, like, yeah. Um, but who knows where that's going to go. Um, I just have no, I have no faith in the Supreme Court. No, I, I, I think we got enough, we enough pro gun in there that it might work. I mean, there's been some rumblings from some Supreme Court justices in the last six months that said they, they want to take on some two um, A cases because they want to reverse a lot of things. I, I um, hope that's true. I just I just do not have faith in them anymore. No, I mean all you can have all you can do, man, though, is have faith. Um, yeah. It's it's tough because you got to keep writing the congressman, you got to keep writing your senators, you got to keep writing your local yeah. authorities. You need to keep yeah, voting, you need to keep donating because the alternate the to that is, the is not important. the alternate to all this stuff is not good. <laughs> you don't want the yeah. alternate, and no. nobody wants to go to that level. There's no reason to. We're a fucking civilized fucking society. Write your senators and fucking complain and vote them out if they don't agree with you. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, how the system some, works. We got some guys in Idaho, some represent, representation in Idaho that, man, they are awful. Simpson needs to go, like, oh boy, tomorrow. So fucking bad. He is yeah. such an anti-gun piece of shit. And I'm yeah. worried about Crapo. Um, uh, I really am. Yeah. Um, he uh, He sits two offices down from the ATF in the federal building here in Idaho and Meanwhile, the ATF is sitting there collecting everybody's diversified machine components and it's trampling their rights. Yeah. And he's sitting two doors down doing nothing about it. In a yeah. state that we have laws that says you can make your own suppressor all day long. Yeah. Um, but then again, the state will never step in to save you. No. Which is no, why I, why I tell everybody, don't fucking do that. Get a Form yeah, I... 1. But... Yeah, I got I got friends that's like, oh, well, you can build one as long as it's stamped in the United, it's made in Idaho. I was like, don't test that law. Don't don't. don't. Do it. And there's there's no no teeth to some of the the ordinances that are currently on the books in the state of Idaho, for example. It's a and ghost law, it's not. You, do you're not gonna be saved by it. No. You know, but right now though, I did read the other day that Texas is going after the DOJ and the ATF. 
over their state law about suppressors. Yeah. And that would be a very interesting case to see where it goes because they're 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 full on suing them. Like they're they're yeah. going in. They're going in deep. Um, it'd be awesome if it works out. You no, know, it'd be great because then it could set a precedent, and maybe to get some states like ours and others to then also move forth on their current state laws and actually put some teeth in them. Because if there's no teeth in them, don't don't be an idiot and think you can just make a suppressor i mean granted idaho according to some of the the agents that i've spoken to you know being a gun dealer and having to interact with them idaho per capita has more unregistered machine guns than any other state they believe (laughs) you know so i mean there's definitely people out there that don't care you know and if you're gonna be that person then well whatever you know that's your call yeah that is totally up to you yeah you know and those guys i guess just want to be free so who knows i i think uh, though everybody should definitely continue to do the patriotic american thing and write your congressman vote correctly and uh don't don't just check the r Make sure you research the person you're yeah. in because you you know look at Kyle or the Simpson Simpson back over in your neck of the woods. He's a Republican, yeah. but he hates guns. Yeah, yeah, he, he's awful. He's really he's bad. Sketchy. Well, we've been on for quite a while. I should probably let you go. Oh no worries. How, uh, where can uh, where can people find you? Well, you can find us on Instagram uh, under Red Right Hand LLC. Um, that's our username. And then redrighthandllc.com is our website. You go there right now. It's probably under construction, but someday it will not be. So please check it out. Uh, keep, keep posted. Maybe bookmark it. Yeah. Um, and you can find us on Red Right Hand Idaho under, uh, on Facebook. Um, awesome. So, so with, your, with your new little uppers, do you have an idea when they're going to be available? I'm hoping they're going to be available for purchase here within a month. Oh, um, I'm actually sitting on majority of the components. Uh, a few things are at anodized at the moment. But when they come back in, we're going to, I'm going to start putting them together, getting them boxed up. It's just a matter of getting the website up and running so folks can purchase those. Yeah, you better get on it because you'll probably have a run on them. I, I think I will. Um, we're looking to get some uh, YouTubers involved and try to get some uh, extra advertising going on there. Um, you know, there's, there's some certain folks that I'd like to have review it. Uh, we're still working on getting that done. So, yeah. Well, hell yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, thanks again for spending an evening with us. Uh, oh yeah. Love hopefully, it. Hopefully it was as fun for you as it was for me. Oh, you know me. I love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> love to discuss current events. I love to discuss guns, you know, or we're all both passionate about the subjects that we are all in and it's always fun to get together with like-minded people and have a good, good discussion. I'm in town, which uh, actually maybe if it works out, it might be next weekend. We'll see. Maybe huh? not. I don't know. I got huh? a lot of stuff going. This month is stupid for me right now. So mine's we'll pretty see. crazy, we'll but see. you're in town. You call me, we'll go shoot. Come on out here out to Napa and we'll, uh, we'll go run some guns. Twist my arm hard enough. I have to. <laughs> it's a right. It's ammunition's a write-off, even though it's expensive. <laughs> Ooh. Even if it just ends up in my trunk, it's still a write-off. No, it's got to end up Dang in my arm. <laughs> okay. Well, that's still good. No worries. Hey, dude. Well, thanks for thanks for hanging out. Yeah, of course. 
All right, dude. See you later. Sounds good. Hey, gang. We really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. If you liked this episode, make sure you let us know and everyone know by giving us a five-star rating and maybe sharing us with your friends. If you have an idea for an episode or a guest that you think would be cool to have on the show or you just want to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at iishooting.com or hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Podcast. Thanks again and take somebody shooting.